The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Absolutely, and welcome everyone, and we're so delighted that you're here with us today and that you're you're part of our ongoing conversation each and every week as we talk to intentional spirits uh, throughout the world. Uh, we talk to authors and practitioners and specialists and and people that are walking the journey we call life that are are learning. I, I always like to say that, you know, it, there's a difference between people that are intentional and people that set goals. I mean, goals are fluid. They're changing uh, throughout the course of your life. But yet intentional spirits are people that they really uh, follow a path of life. They're not, they don't stop because something outside of themselves uh, is an issue or a challenge or a problem. If anything else, they go stronger. Uh, They're more motivated. They're more determined. You meet so many people in life. They have great goals. They have great ideas but they never get started, nor do they complete them because they're waiting on something outside to get fixed or to be perfect before they ever start. And so I was really excited when I saw who we're having on the show today because he's my kind of guy. He's straightforward. He doesn't think about what he's saying. He just lets it roll. Welcome, Billy Monis, to our show today, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be with you, Reverend. Well, I'm telling you, um, I really, um, I really love what you're what you're standing for. But because I've kind of um, checked you out, et cetera, uh, give our listening audience tell them kind of how you got started and why does why are you a voice now for change and why does all that matter to you? All right. Well, I mean, I uh, decided to do something about my life. I was, I was struggling with substance abuse for years and I mean, decades, decades, really. Um, and, and then I hit one of those zero birthdays. It was 40. And, um, and, and it was a combination of becoming 40 and really running into some health issues where I was being told straight up by the doctors that I, I did not have long to go if I kept going the way I was going. Um, wow. and I had to make a decision. So I got clean and I had to start from zero and I really did. I got a, a, like a room in a boarding house and that was it. I mean, at 40 years old, I was starting from the bottom rung and, um, and I, I went through it and I, and I, and I got into the recovery and the 12 step thing. And, and I reached a point after a, a little over a year with that, where I was looking for something a little bit more. Um, I loved being clean and I loved being sober and I loved my new life, but I noticed a lot of people, uh, who were relapsing were in the same boat as I was, which was they were getting bored and, and, you know, they were, they were living sort of in poverty and, you know, and the, the thrill and the novelty of being sober was starting to wear off after a year. And, mm-hmm. and so they would, you know, go back out. Um, I knew there had to be something else for me. And I, and I stumbled onto some uh, personal development stuff, specifically Tony Robbins stuff. And I got sort of addicted to it. I would just listen to it, you know, uh, uh, every day at work. I would just, I couldn't stop listening to it because it was, it was soothing to me. And it was also inspirational to me. And it made me feel in the deepest part of my heart that, that something big was, was waiting for me. If I just, if I just figured it out, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I just knew something big was like out there for me. And, um, and as, as things went on, I, uh, I decided I did not want to be a $300 a week taxi driver in upstate New York anymore. And, um, and I was driving down the highway and I saw one of these big trucks that were like, you know, mysterious to me. And I was like, you know, I know those guys make a lot more money 
so um, so I used all that personal development stuff to figure out how to get into that school, how to get a grant to go to that school, how to learn how to do something, and turn myself from a guy that was making $300 a week to a guy that was making $1,000 a week. And at the same time, I was going to our county jail to, to bring 12-step meetings, and I was telling my story as it was happening in, in real time. And, I was, and my enthusiasm was contagious, and a lot of the inmates or the, uh, you know, the people in the jail wanted to figure out when they got out how they could go about doing the same thing, and that inspired me finally to decide that I needed to write a book, and that was the big thing that was waiting for me. Yeah, well, I what I another thing I really identified with. So first of all, you use drugs um, constructively and 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 in a way and being dedicated to using drugs, and you used alcohol as well, didn't you? You were an active drinker. Yes, yes, I was. Yes. Right, and and what to me, um, and people tell me that I ought to remind people of this all the time. Um, what I kind of identify with you is that once you made up your mind to stop, you stopped. Um, and yeah. that's, yeah. and that's very powerful because when I finally stopped after 15 years from the ages of 14 to 29 and I stopped, I was just really clear the struggle was not going to be in the fact that I wasn't doing it anymore. Um, I had apologized for myself way too many times. I had tried to remember what I did the day before way too many times. And I, I hear that clarity within you. And I think sometimes that's really missing in our society because people will say, well, I gave it up, but I, I still think about it every day or, you know, I still wish I could or it doesn't sound very promising. It's not really a, a good poster. <laughs> nor convincing, you know, it doesn't give much hope. That's what I loved about the energy and the elements of what I read with you is that you're like, this is my new life. Here we go. Let me show you how to do it. That, that phenomenon that you described uh, was referred to usually as white knuckling it. And, and that's, um, that is pretty much setting yourself up for failure. So you're right. Um, you need to, I, I think I heard somebody once say that, like, the only thing you have to change is everything in your life. So, like, it is true. It, you, I mean, you cannot be just the same person who just doesn't put substances or alcohol in your body. Everything from the ground up needs to change. Uh, it's like somebody asked me one time, how did you possibly do it? And I said, it's easy. I use the word no a lot. No, thank you. <laughs> no, I don't want any. Oh, no, no, thank you. No, I've done that already. I've been there. I've got pictures. No, thanks. You know, appreciate yeah. it, but no, thank you. Um, so tell us about um, Billy. Everyone, I'm talking with Billy Manas. It's Billy Manas, M-A-N-A-S. Um, also a name that's given to Indian, um, Indian boys. Were you aware of that, Billy? I thought that was very powerful. And is there any history with your last name? Uh, it's, it was a Spanish derivation. I, I believe it was Manos, but like many uh, people that went through Ellis Island, they just did away with the little uh, Enya at the uh, top of the end and it just became Manos, you know, like that. But um, yeah. Well, everyone, you can look him up at his uh, website, um, BillyManus.com, M-A-N-A-S, and you can find out about what he's doing and his life and his journey. And also you can get his new book, which is what we're talking about today, Kick-Ass Recovery. Well, that's, a, that's quite a name too. I had to work through that a little bit as a Southern girl that doesn't use that kind of language. I went, okay, it's one show, I can do this. But how did you like, did you like wanna use the shock factor or, um, I love your publisher, by the way. They're a great organization. Did, did, did they say, hey, here's the deal. This would be powerful. How did that come about? I'm um, always curious I with will, the story. Yes, I will. Uh, I will admit something to you that I have never said publicly before. My title was Rockstar Recovery because mm. I, you know, I felt like I was, a, you know, 
like the life I was living and, and like every time I set a, uh, an intention and it, and it manifested, I felt like a rock star. And uh, yeah. the World Library thought that it might uh, connotate something different, um, something that I was not even thinking about. They were thinking, oh, you know, a rock star, debauchery. This, yeah. and, uh, and, and I tried to, you know, I tried to advocate for myself and say, no, no, no. I mean, like a rock star, like, you know, you're a rock star. But uh, eventually they would say, how about, you know, kick-ass recovery? And I was like, well, that's close. That's the closest thing that, that, you know, cause they gave me like 10 other choices. That was mm-hmm. the closest one. So I went with it. Well, I, I, I think it's shocking and it, it, it's very powerful. So what, what is the um, premise of the book? What did you, what was your hope or your knowing or, um, you know, in addition to the fact that your recovery matters and your life matters and you have a voice and it's so exciting for someone that's successful about recovery to write it. Um, what were some of the underneath um, factors that that gave you the energy to write a book? Because I've I've written uh, one or two myself, and I I know what it takes, um, you know, for that dedication and to put it out there. What was that about for you? Um, well, you know, as you know, it's it's it, you're driven by passion, totally by passion, and I, I think what happened was I had read. Um, after doing all my initial foundation uh, reading of personal development stuff, all the old fashioned stuff, I had read um, a woman called Jen Sincero who wrote a book called You Are a Badass. Um, and, and initially when I, when I read it, I was like, well, this is like the, you know, this is the basic principles of self, you know, self-improvement or personal development. There's nothing new here, mm-hmm. but, um, and as I continued reading, I was like, wait a second, I, I see what's going on here. She is putting it in the vernacular of uh, Gen Xers, you know, uh, Gen X women or like, you know, people from my generation. And, and that's when I had this epiphany that nobody has ever tried to do this same thing with people in recovery. Nobody has ever aimed something like this at that demographic, at that audience. Um, and somebody really should, because this stuff is powerful if you know how to use it. And that is where the impetus, uh, was born. And what kind of feedback? I know your book's only been out a couple of of months. Um, what, what are, what are some of the values that people are bringing to it and, and, um, and comments that you're getting from people out in the field? Um, what I'm hearing, which is pleasing me to no end, is that uh, a lot of the reviews say pretty much the same thing, is that it, it doesn't come off as preachy. It comes off as if you're hanging out with a friend who's kind of like, you know, mm. uh, telling you how they were able to do it. And, and you know, there's, there's no supercilious uh, attitude about it. It's just, it's very here we are, let's do this, and I'll show you how I did it, and you could probably go about doing it the same way, and here's some numbers you can call, to, you know, so it's very, um, it's a very friendly book is what I'm hearing. So people are hearing it in a way that's welcoming rather than them becoming defensive, and it, it, exactly. it, tickles, it tickles me to no end when um, people get defensive with me on Facebook when I write something about being alcoholic, and I sometimes get thesis from somebody explaining, you know, why would you say that? And why do you use that affirmation and yada, yada, yada. And I'm thinking, Oh, bless your, bless your soul. (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) one of my my posters is, um, because I, I, I know through the years, um, I have heard. So I've always been open about recovery to me. It's like another form of people being open about having cancer. You know, I had a cancer um, that could have killed me and almost killed me a number of times, actually. And um, and it's an allergy. And so it, it's it, it I, I have this allergy to this substance. <laughs> yes. That ma- yes. That makes me and everybody around me crazy. And um and for the whole world to trust me, you do not want me to go back 
to that time yeah, of exactly. my life at all because I gave it all I had and I really did it well. I got trophies for it. I went to jail twice. You know, I have scars Ooh. along the way. You know, I I really, I'm just, I, I survived myself. I celebrate that I survived myself and that's for sure. But one of the things, uh, Billy, that you might like because often, um, not that I'm going around prophesizing or, you know, attempting to save people. I'm, I'm just too into, you know, um, living as a messenger and whatever that looks like. But, um, you know, people are so quick to defend. I don't have an issue because I only do it on the weekend. I don't have a problem because, you know, I'm very successful and I have a big house and I have, you know, two cars in my garage and I have a wife and two children and three dogs. So I, I know I don't have an issue. And so for me, the poster that I was guided to, um, to write is uh, being an alcoholic isn't about when you drink or how, um, it, how much you drink or how often you drink. Uh, it's who you become when you do. Yes. Or, or even right. still, why, why are you drinking? Yes. Are you uh, yeah. you're trying to fill a void that you that you know that you can't fill that you're trying to fill with a substance? Exactly. Yes. And and to elaborate on that, um, you know, um, people will often say, uh, and we're just talking on the collective. You know, um, people always say, "Well, I don't know what you mean. Like, why am I drinking?" Um, I don't really have a problem that I'm trying to avoid. And I think the other thing that's important to address is it could be the best that you could bring to the table of life that you're avoiding. You know what I mean? It, yes. It's not just yes. something's wrong. I'm broken. I have a hole in my soul. And there's tons of, of those uh, wounded healers and warriors on the planet today. No, no doubt about it. But it's also the avoidance of the bright light, uh, the wonderful teacher or speaker or, or guitar player or performer that you could be, but you're sabotaging your life um, because that's yeah, uncomfortable I, to be in the, in the spotlight. Would you say that that was some of yours, Billy? You were afraid of who you could be? Exactly, because, because it required an enormous amount of energy. And, and I had to put myself in uncomfortable situations where I could fail. And rejection used to scare the heck out of me. Um, so to avoid all that stuff, uh, it'd be easier to just not, you know, not try as hard or to just, you know. Um, so, yeah, there, there was an element of that, definitely. So I, I would say this, though. Um, there, I, I doubt anybody has ever laid on their deathbed and thought to themselves in their final moments, if only I could have had a couple more martinis. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is not the last thing most people think of. It's if I only would have tried a little harder. All right. That is All right. what people think about. All right. Yeah, I, I can't imagine missing this sober high that I have. You know, it's um, not only do I get to have the high of life, I actually remember it. You know, I, I can actually remember, you know, the, the week or the day before. And that's pretty exciting stuff, to, to say the least. So um, talk about let's go back to your book. Um, this is a, a big celebration for you. I'm talking with Billy Manus, everyone. You can go to BillyManus.com. You may say Billy Manus, but it's M-A-N-A-S.com. And he is uh, with us today with his book, The Big Ass, The Kick-Ass. <laughs> I told you. I told you. That's great. Like, I'm a Southern girl. Oh, my gosh. I got to say the word ass again. And I'm a minister. I don't use the word ass. But for you, Billy. I'm using it today, so I, I clear any block I have about that. <laughs> well, what about the part in the new Bible book, Kick-Ass Recovery? <laughs> so here we go. Tell us some of your secrets 
don't give them all away because obviously we want people to get the book, but, but give us a, a two or three highlights. Okay. Um, one would be, um, one would be persistence, just continual persistence in the face of okay. adversity. Um, that's, that's probably one of the biggest ones. Um, and even the story of how my book got published uh, in the first place came from um, just, you know, persistence, crazy persistence. Um, I, I cannot tell you how many agents rejected me, how many publishers rejected my agent once I finally got an agent. Um, you know, I'm just summarizing it now, but let me tell you something. It put me through some changes. And I mean, you know, I had to do, you know, a lot of work to continue, even though I was being told, no, 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 this is not a good idea. Nobody wants this. This is not what's going right now. You know, I mean, I, was, I wasn't just told no by a lot of people. I was told this idea is just not marketable or this or that. Um, so persistence. I just continue. And, and, you know, I mean, you hear from a lot of people who try to do, you know, big things. And, and, and a lot of times they, they just, you know, stop after a certain amount of attempts because it's not easy and because it hurts to be rejected. Um, that is something, if you ever want to do the big thing, that is something you need to get a handle on. So that, that's number one, persistence. Um, let's see. Number two, my secret. Um, to... Yeah, the, there's an expression about about um, about having a like a, a high vibe or a good vibe um, mm -hmm. that you bring other other uh, you know like I I don't know how you would describe it but you know if you're if you're vibrating at a high frequency they they usually explain it in other words if you're always doing the right thing and always putting out the best you know, for your common man or, or, you know, for the human race, if you're just constantly focused on doing the next right thing, that is all going to come back to you. Um, and I've, I, you know, I'm watching that almost every day. Um, I'm in the middle of one of the greatest uh, moments of my life right now, all based upon the fact that I just continually focus on doing the next right thing. So that is a big thing. Um, and I would say uh, the, the, con the converse of that would be, uh, you know, try, try not to uh, get too immersed in, in the negativity, which there, we all know there's a lot of it going on right now. Um, you know, the, Facebook could definitely uh, do without one more person posting negative stuff. There's, you know, we all know it's there. Um, we don't need any more of it. So if you can, uh, you know, we're not saying to put your head in the sand and forget that it's happening, but we really, we don't need one more person posting violent negative stuff or watching violent negative stuff or listening to it or, you know, so that, those would be my three, uh, those would be my three top. So persistence is one. Yes, and not not being surrounded with negativity, and the the second one was doing the next right thing. Doing the next right time. thing, kind of kind of one one step at a time, one day at a time. One would say, right? Um, oh yeah, I mean, God always presents us with the opportunity to do the right thing or to do the thing that's going to help somebody else at all times, and we can right. either. Ignore it yeah. or do it. And, and for me, um, what made a sobriety um, somewhat effortless was uh, looking forward to the life that I didn't know. Um, because yeah. um, my other life uh, as an active user, I pretty much knew the way that was going to turn out. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and I pretty much could predict um, more often than not that I was um, going to wind up dead, you know, early, uh, real early in my life before I entered into my thirties and, and, and actually almost, almost did. But I, I think the other thing, um, I don't know if you're aware, uh, Billy, but I'm a real advocate for, uh, you know, to bring awareness to suicide. And 
Um, and suicide is the second leading cause of death with young people um, in our nation. And that, when we think young people, often people think 18, we're talking um, children ages 10, if you can believe that, 10 to the age of 34. Uh, is the yes. second leading cause of death. So pretty shocking stuff, okay? And I, I know early on, and we're going a few years back, I would be, I think, a little judgmental, like, that's so not natural. Why would someone do that? I can't believe it. You know, people are going to be so surprised. They're going to get to the other side in the afterlife, and they're still there and still dealing with their lessons or, you know, whatever. I was just, I'm just kind of talking out loud, um, or was at the time. And what I realized in my life is that there's two types of suicide. There's the person that takes their life that to me isn't natural, but there's the other not natural. And that's people that allow themselves to never really live. And I fell into that yeah. category of like a slow suicide, you know, of being in that level of insanity that I never knew when that transfer truck hit me on I-85 in the Carolinas and knocked me on the other side of the interstate. I mean, that was a death wish if I've never seen one, you know. <laughs> so Absolutely. It's, um, it's Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. Please join me on my website, templehayes.com, to find out more about Difference Makers and what I'm about. And you can also learn that we have a online university and we teach courses courses for lifelong learners and we also train spiritual leaders throughout the world and so please check us out templehays.com i was saying before the commercial is that um we are celebrating gay pride this month and you can find from the unity movement that we we applaud and praise um lgbtq uh, there's also a book that you can get for free called worthy and it's on unity.org, and you can look it up uh, to share with your family and friends. And it's absolutely free and very noteworthy. A number of us as leaders have actually um, shared uh, our path and our, our journey because storytelling really helps. And that's why we're also uh, real happy to have you today, um, Billy, and so glad that you're here. I know you're a musician. You spent you know, years on the road and goodness knows you've had plenty of opportunities to go back, uh, to live the past and to, to get into your addiction. Um, I'm actually co-authoring a book right now, how to overcome alcoholism with Stephen Sambliss. And, and it's been very interesting to be in the throes of that after all these years. So, um, for me, sobriety, like I said, is, 33 years and it is this September. And it's very interesting for me because, um, Billy, I find I still get emotional sometimes, you know, when I'm sharing the story of my life, because I'm so in awe that I, that I, that I live this long, you know, that I, that I doubled my life expectancy based on yeah. the direction that I was headed. And, I'm just so humbled by that and so grateful that I didn't miss all this because it's been an amazing journey. But when we talk about a subtle addiction or, or profound addiction, um, I mean, certainly I started out as an old soul that didn't feel like I fit in, you know, and um, yeah. and so therefore I would fill that hole. And alcohol, though it made me violently ill, I was determined to do it and went on actively, as I've already said. But the other factor for me is that I was so addicted to sugar. And I don't know if that was yeah. part of your journey or not, Billy, but 
my dad used to make butter toast every morning before I went to school and laced it with white sugar. Um, so between the white sugar and the sodas, you know, and the junk um, that we used to put into our bodies, I mean, I used to tell people I don't crave, oh no, they'd say, do you still, you know, you still crave sugar? No, 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 I don't. I don't crave sugar at all. I absolutely don't. But I didn't, I don't know what, what I was thinking, but, you know, my wine was full of sugar. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my my journey was, um, as I as I started eliminating the things that were tearing me down, um, substances and then cigarettes and then um, each each thing that was eliminated it came with its own set of rewards. And I was getting so interested in how things were changing in my life um, as a result of eliminating those things that I just began to uh, I just began to become you know uh, looking for more more detrimental things to eliminate, to enjoy um, where I was going with all of this. I was following the thread all the way to the end until I just became a vegan. And, um, you know, because it just made me feel a lot better, you know, so. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I indulged I, I in sugar. I've kind of gone on that same journey with you. I'm not a vegan to its entirety, but uh, pretty close. And I wouldn't trade that for anything either. And it's all been, you know, very organic, you know, really. Um, and I always say, you know, that all of these components are, are, are supportive of us um, in being more grounded and, and less reactive. And, you know, with uh, substance abuse or alcohol abuse, you know, we thought we were in control. And so, um, that's the biggest one. One of the biggest things to overcome is, is the realizing that you have control over very little. Um, the only thing yeah. you have control over is your response to something. And when we were talking earlier about the overexposure to negativity, you know, we're still not victims. We still choose what we put in our minds. We choose what we watch on our computer or turn on our phone. We don't have to have those super duper, you know, 12 major news stations sending us notifications unless we want them, you know? And um, if it's if it's life affirming and, and helps you feel engaged and supported, uh, that's one thing. But if it creates more drama and trauma in your life, uh, duly noted, you may reconsider, you know, the kind of habits that you have going on in your life. What do you think about it, Billy? Um, yeah, exactly what you're saying. I, I, I'm st I, especially this week as I, you know, as I am traversing across this country of ours, um, what you're seeing on television is, it almost seems like an alternate reality because I'm out here crossing this country mm. and it is the most serene, placid, beautiful time of my life. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, and all I have to do is, is log into Facebook and it, like I said, it is like an alternate reality. And I'm, you know, I know it's, I know it's existing, but I guess the point we're trying to make is that you get to decide, you know, which planet you want to live on. Do you want to live on that planet or do you want to live on this planet? Right. Um, and I never, I would never advocate for sticking your head in the sand. I, I am totally uh, socially conscious. I'm just saying that, you know, just inundating your brain with negative, negative thoughts and negative ideas and negative scenes constantly, you're never going to be able to help other people or even yourself. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? I mean, um, I remember I had that same kind of thought um, a couple of years ago. I was uh, driving up north um, to the Carolinas and I took also um, a, a lot of back roads. And, and we were saying, all of us in the car, look at the world we live in. People are kind. Everybody's wonderful. Nobody's being, you know, reactive or anything. And it's easy to forget often that 
um, the news outlets feature the five to 10%, um, not the 90% of everything else that's going on. You know, it's just always filling us with that kind of drama or the 10% of the people who have died from a shark bite um, that's happened over 30 years. You know, it just feeds that kind of, you know, constant energy with us. And, um, and so it's, it's making a, a choice. The other thing I find with people that are coming from a background of abuse is that we're used to something being wrong. Did you have that one also, Billy, Ooh, that you were just man. so used to either apologizing or explaining or justifying or defending that when somebody called you and went, oh, I've been trying to get you, didn't say, oh, I'm so excited you did tell me the good news. You probably said, what's wrong, right? That's exactly, a habit to exactly. change for sure. Definitely. That was a really tough one to break. I mean, that took years of recovery before I stopped feeling like I was always in trouble for something. Yeah, I learned to break that because it was just, you know, it had just become something that that I that I did otherwise. So it was really great to give that one up and to and to move on with that one. Um, one of our listeners is saying that alcohol numbs the senses, Teresa, and takes away from our self-control, leaving us open to the negative things. Billy, you want to take that one? Yeah, so can you say that one more time? Yep, alcohol numbs the senses and takes away our self-control, leaving us open open to the negative things. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when, when you are numbing yourself and you're usually numbing um, your neurotransmitters with alcohol, um, you're leaving yourself in, in a situation where you're not – you're not able to, you know, you're not able to appreciate simplicity anymore. Everything becomes very complicated. Um, you know, the, uh, your, your need to, you know, constantly uh, deal with having to feed the addiction, having to field all the situations that come as a result of the addiction, the health problems, the personal problems, the social problems, the job problems. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it just it just mucks you into negativity. It's it's all it brings. Yeah, and it you know, it, and again, the other part of that is um, you never know the life you'll get to have. You know, um, I I used to think that you know I had problems and therefore I would drink. And so obviously if there was anything coming or a storm was coming or, you know, I broke up in a relationship or if something with the job was coming that was negative, good for me because that was one more reason of why stop drinking. Let me just keep going. You know what I mean? It's that uh, exactly. justified insanity, you know, for sure. But um, I really thought, well, you know, once I quit drinking, then I won't have any problems anymore. <laughs> now I always laugh and I tell people, you know, that's you're always going to be human. And, you know, we still have problems. It's just now I feel them <laughs> not numbed out anymore, you know, but it's a it's yeah. an amazing life and and wouldn't um, trade it for for anything. One of our um, individuals tuning in today, David, my friend is into this show so he pulled over the piggly wiggly in south carolina and he's listening to it so we want to give him a great big shout out as well um it's so fun just connecting Hello, with all of you and um i'm delighted that we do have the ability to do facebook live and i'm going to be working in the future to be able to get the guest uh, live on the air with me as well so we have more engagement so tell us more billy how long have you been clean? Uh, it's God willing in August will be 10 years. 10 years. And, and what it, would it, you say these 10, 10 years of your life have been like compared to the other few that you lived? Whoa, whoa. Um, I have witnessed myself. I, I have 
I have lived out dreams that I don't think I would have felt comfortable even fantasizing about eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would have felt like I was, I was torturing myself with, you know, impossibilities. So if I, you know, I, there's no way. I mean, I am living out some of the greatest um, dreams that I, that I have ever had of becoming an author, um, finding love, uh, driving cross country, um, making a, a living that I never imagined I could ever make. Um, just, it just, it's, it's having beautiful children. I mean, it, I could just keep going on and on and on. Just, my life is so full and so wonderful. And I know it sounds very Pollyanna ish to say things like that, but I'm being so honest. That is what it feels it's like. It's necessary. I, I wouldn't dare say that. I, I, I think it's necessary for you sh- to share and celebrate your successes and your joys because it gives hope to so many uh, that are tuning in that we're um, still struggling with being clean or being clear. And so it, it's a it's a great story to tell, I think, about your joy. Yeah. And, um, and did the relationship happen? After your after your sobriety and after you got clean with abuse, yes, yes, okay, yes. So that's and, what uh, I was hearing. So you met when you got adjusted, then you and you started being the right person. You met the right person. It's what I'm hearing. I attracted what I was putting out. I was putting out the best I could put out, and I found the best I could find. Um, and oh. it's just a you know, it's a beautiful thing. And I guess the, the main theme to all of this is that, um, you know, as lo- like my story should prove to anybody that this is available. This kind of life is available to anybody at any time. Once the decision is made to just go after it, it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you used a word, um, you know, when we first started talking, it, it's a word that I use uh, all the time about being in a certain vibration. And, um, you know, for people that are tuning in now or later, or you have family or friends that, you know, struggle with alcohol or or drug abuse, you know, the first few times any of us did that, we got a big no inside, you know, this is not your path. And, And so when you keep going against that grain, it's a huge negative vibration. Um, and especially if you're putting out there every day, you want to be kind, you want to be successful, you want to make a difference, you want to do yada yada, and you're still sabotaging by doing this, your vibration isn't clear. Um, and it's not really felt as a, as a pure way of, of, of communicating. But I'd like to um, give a story of of someone that I that I know very well that used uh, doctor prescribed drugs for many 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 years, and um and and she's actually listening right now. But Bill, she she never let the uh, a gap between the drugs. She took like eight to ten, okay, opiate and mm. you name it. I'm talking serious things. And what happened after years and years is that her blood pressure started soaring. You could look up on her blood pressure and it would go red and it would say, go directly to the emergency room. But she got involved in um, positiveness, spirituality, community. And um, she just told her pain management doctor that she was going to uh, stop taking everything. And of course, there was a little bit of management that needed to happen, but she totally went dry. And the crazy thing about this is she doesn't hurt. She has not hurt since. Isn't that crazy? So she took all those drugs to not hurt. So she couldn't feel the pain. And without the drugs, she didn't hurt. So her body had healed at such a level and her mind and her heart that it hadn't all caught up with her. I just find that to be so unique. Um, and fascinating, really. Yeah, 
I have a very similar experience. I, I have Crohn's disease, and the whole time I was using substances, I kept saying to myself, well, it would be unbearable. It would be unbearable for me to go through life without having something to... And, and I learned uh, after the fact that I have not used a single thing and have not felt any pain. In fact, I'm way better off uh, than I was before, not, not putting anything in my body. So um, I actually went into some form of remission for Crohn's disease because I don't take any prescription at all. I just, um, you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm sure you know, but you'd be surprised how, you know, living in a state of, of peace and serenity can have such a drastic effect on your physiology. Yeah, well, and and I I it's you're probably like have so little of Crohn's now, and it probably doesn't even hardly measure, you know. Um, yeah, no, probably very little, very little. Because you're not. I mean, um, look, I'm a truck driver. I'm a truck driver. Truck drivers are not, you know, guys with Crohn's disease are not supposed to become truck drivers. It's just it, it's you know it's not supposed to be conducive to that, um, but. You, you know, it was almost as if I decided, nah, that's not going to get me down. And I just went ahead and just did what I wanted anyway. And my body decided it had to go along. <laughs> so you're continuing to be on the road all the time then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I trust you're dropping a copy of your book off every time you stop. Because we, the yeah. world can sure use it to have a few more sober people and and people not using drugs. And, you know, one of the, I think one of the, the clues that, that you and I can also lead people when, when you're around people and they keep talking about stories, you know, well, we were with the family the other night and, um, you know, we're having a pretty good time and we had dinner together. And all of a sudden I sat down in my chair and it was filled with glass. Do you know what I mean? And there, it's yeah. like a story and you go to yourself, is that for real? What? <laughs> you know, how, how did that happen? I mean, you have a catering company bring the food. You have people waiting on you. What? You sat on glass. Then you go, oh, okay. One of you is using. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's an important thing to remember. When the stories don't make sense, they're not designed to make sense. Because somebody is yeah. using, because it wouldn't be happening exactly. otherwise. So don't forget that. Put that in your memory bank. <laughs> All right. So, so Billy, um, what did you learn from writing this book about yourself? Oh, so many things. I learned that I can, I, I can do the thing that that I never thought I could do. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of such a thing as imposter syndrome, but it's like when, uh, when I got signed by the publisher, uh, I, I got signed based on my book proposal. So at that point, I needed to write the book. And, um, and, and of course, I was struck immediately after, you know, first there was the celebration of I can't believe I did it. And then it was like, wait a second, do I even know how to write a book? Um, and I was scared. You know, it was a scary thing. What if I hand it in and they, and they tell me it's garbage? Or like, so what I learned more than most, more than anything, writing that book is a, I learned about the metal of you know my own metal and what what was inside of me. Mm. Well, it's it's so necessary what what you've done, and. Um, and I, you know, I, I certainly was just teasing you about the title because it needs to be matter of fact. And that's what makes it powerful, um, because I, I think you I think you said it very well. In order to really support and help people, it can't sound just like rose petals and all fluffy um, because mm. this is serious stuff. We're talking about the value of uh, saving someone's life. And that's huge. And so the shock factor is very, not only necessary, but it's powerful. I remember Billy, this man was a good friend of mine and he, um, he kept sending his son my way 
and his son had, you know, gone before the judge five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. He was just drink. He was just like, you know, drinking himself to death, right? And um, he was in my office, and I and because he would, so I would say that I wouldn't normally necessarily handle. I don't know how I would handle. It. I won't say that, but I because I knew his dad. And because he kept taking time for me to keep dealing with the same thing with him, I got the guidance. You're going to have to shock this guy. And so I said to him, why don't we just go outside and you just lay down in the road and just let a car take you? And he goes, what? Are you kidding me? And I go, no, I go, no you're kidding me because you're living on death's door you know, and enough already. And we're, we're kind of done with it. And he looked at me um, and he, he got sober for quite some time. I don't, I don't know what happened, but he literally, you know, drank himself just all the time. And it was just very frustrating and, and nobody would really stand up to him. So I'm glad you're standing up to the conditions and, and helping um, so many people. I, I can't imagine the amount of people that you're going to help either stop or never start, you know, um, I've I've been talking with Billy Manas today. It's M A N A S.com. Billy Manas or Manas.com. And you can check out his book, um, offered, um, kick ass recovery. And it's a great book to give friends and to give family members and to connect with other people. Um, Billy, you've got a couple of minutes. What would you like to leave us with today? I would just like to say that um, I appreciate uh, meeting you, Temple, and and learning your story as well. And um, and I just, you know, if I could help anybody um, with any questions or anything, or you know, if there's anything I can do, you can write to me directly on my website. BillyManis.com. I answer every single email, and and I I might be able to help if nothing else is helping. Well, that's a big that's a big invitation, and that's really wonderful. We have put the the website for Billy is all is on UnityOnline.org. Um, it's also on Facebook. Uh, his website, we've actually put the link up so you can go to that. And um, I'm getting a lot of feedback from other people saying, thank you, Billy, for telling your story, you know, and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, we definitely have been blessed by you. I want to thank you, everyone, for being with us. Again, tune in to templehays.com or firstunity.org and um, listen to a lot of our former shows and things that we have done and are doing. And we're celebrating uh, Gay Pride Month. And God bless you, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.